Hey everybody, welcome back to the Speak Up Erica podcast and in today's episode my guest is Debbie. Hi Debbie. Hi Erica. <laughs> welcome back. Thank you so much. Um, oh, our- happy to be here. thank you um in our last episode with debbie was july last year but we were able to talk about your book um bare feet um and then in today's episode we're going to talk more about mental health therapy and abuse um but before we get into into that um debbie do you want to just do a little introduction about yourself again okay uh Thank you. I'll be as brief as I can. Yeah. Um, so my name is Debbie Ali, as you guys may or may not have remembered, but I am an author, counselor, coach, life coach. Um, I do motivational speaking and essentially my business, which it goes by the name 3GL Consulting, um, which is also the name of my website, 3GLConsulting.com. Um My focus is on creating safe spaces. And um, essentially what I attempt to do is I counsel, coach, um, advise others um, in terms of uh, whatever mental, whatever specific mental health issue they might be battling with. And my approach is, might be a little bit different simply because of the life experiences I've had, which have been pretty, pretty bad. Mm. I, so I've taken a very practical and real life approach to this healing process um, simply because I know. And when I say that I actually know, and this, that's a phrase that you're going to hear me say a lot. When I say I know, I actually know because I've lived it. And so I always integrate practical techniques that I've used that have helped me and the most likely help would be to those out there who do need the assistance. Mm-hmm. So, um, so as, as an author, yes, um, I've several books, but uh, the one that's about to be uh, uploaded on my website for sale very soon is called Bare Feet. Um, hopefully by the end of February, it's going to be on my website. Awesome. Yep. Um, and Debbie, could you um go into what does 3gl mean well 3gl is actually (laughs) something very personal to me because it uh that came to me when i was very young i think i may have been possibly my early 20s um it came to me in a dream essentially what it meant for me was three representing the holy trinity um god the father god the son god the holy spirit and gl being the abbreviated form of the word glory so in other words glory to the father glory to the son glory to the holy spirit and i would like to put it out there that that was that is my personal belief Mm -hmm. system that's my personal uh, source of strength and that is not to say that my clients are christian or need to be christian yeah um from atheists go all the way back to you know you you never know Mm -hmm. but just my personal conviction and that's where my name the name of the company stemmed from and my work is meant to bring glory to god by helping people yes yeah 
I remember our first conversation together when I called you on the phone and I was saying, oh, thank you for um, <laughs> wanting to do the podcast. And you, I think you said um, something like, well, uh, it's God's plan for me and I'm supposed to share my story and stuff. And yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Debbie. Um, I, I guess we'll go into our topic for today. And we wanted to talk about um, mental health therapy issues and the stigmas behind it and then also mm -hmm. talking about abuse um so i guess to start off uh with covid happening right now do you notice an increase of people needing more help oh definitely yeah definitely there is i mean whether the approach for you know actual counseling Mm -hmm. uh, you know, actual sessions and counseling or whether you're just, you know, chatting with someone on the phone or, you know, a friend or a relative or whatever, uh, they, they, they speak very openly about the ways in which they're struggling with this. And even when we were not in such a tight lockdown, the, the, their inability to feel safe in their own skin moving around because of the presence of this um, dangerous virus that's out there, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that has affected people a great deal, their own sense of well-being, their sense of safety, their sense of, um, well, and now in, 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 the, in recent times, just like it was when COVID initially surfaced, the lack of freedom to interact. Yeah. Track themselves with recreational activities and uh, hanging with their friends and sports and you name it. Mm -hmm. And uh, many, many people are struggling. Um, I have not, to be honest, I've been trying to gauge, okay, is it more of a struggle for men than women? Or is it, you know, I've been trying to gauge, but honestly, I feel that it's kind of 50-50. Oh, yeah in terms of men and women, just that their struggles might be a little bit different. Mm -hmm. But in terms of quantity and numbers of individuals, I would say it's just about the same. They just struggle in different ways. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What are the different ways that you've noticed that each gender has struggled differently? Well, men, I yeah. feel that uh, men are struggling in terms uh, more so and I'm, now this is I'm speaking in general terms I have not done an actual survey survey so this is not statistics <laughs> but from my observation and from speaking to individuals men struggle I think with that inability that lack of freedom to you know jump in their vehicles and go have a beer with the guys mm. or um, oh you know I'm unable to take my family out for a picnic or of course i mean not in winter but you know um, <laughs> you know they're, they're not able they feel like they're lacking now yeah they're lacking in some sense their manhood in that they they can't fully entertain their kids they can't take their wife out for their for her birthday or for their anniversary or you know simple things like that mm -hmm. that we would not normally think of it affects men in those ways mm -hmm. and then and then the other the other thing that is equally uh, relevant as equally relevant for men and women is the loss of income. Yes, yeah. That's a big big thing. Mhm. Mm um men like how how can I continue to provide? What can I do if I go out there I risk them risking 
my life and my family's lives. Yeah. But then if I don't, uh, you know, so it's like there's no winning. You're caught between a rock and a hard place, right? Mm-hmm. And then women feel the same sort of a similar sort of burden because they're like, okay, because men, many women work, right? Most women work. Yeah. If I go out there, I'm putting myself, my kids at risk, then, you know, okay. So even if I'm not, if I go out there, what, what am I going to do in my absence? Are they going to actually study or not? And so there are all these dilemmas that were never there before and all these difficult choices. Mm-hmm. And that has been a great stressor for both men and women. Yeah, I agree. I think um, personally, also with you talking about men, um, I guess men losing their jobs and then they mm-hmm. feel em- emasculated that they're not able Related. to provide for their family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, then, uh, and then there's also a very, very, very prevalent issue that for whatever reason, um, is being swept under the rug mm-hmm. um, by the powers that be. It, especially during the tight lockdowns, women who are already in abusive situations, mm. that abuse has just been, you know, multiplying. Yeah. Multiplying tenfold because they're now stuck in a home or a house with their abuser. Mm-hmm. And there's no escape to, to work, okay? Because, I mean, it, let's be realistic. If you're on a bus, you're on a train, taxi, you're in a car, there's, there's some, I guarantee you, there are at least several other women on that, let's say, a bus who are suffering from, whether it's mental, physical, verbal, emotional abuse, and being able to escape from the home. Yeah. To Now, we may not think of it as an escape because you're going to work. However, to them, it's an escape. You're you're escaping the hands of your abuser and you're going out into the world, distracting yourself with other duties and other people and et cetera. Mm -hmm. Now, trapped at home, you've got no choice but to deal with this individual. And again, different types of abuse. The abuse that women are forced to endure has, has indeed risen tremendously because of since COVID and because of the lockdowns. Mm-hmm. You say that um, that there's a lot of more abuse in older people as well, like the elderly too. Um, like I said, I haven't done like an official survey, you know, straight facts. But again, I don't think there is any uh, division in terms of age. Right. It's more in terms of uh, gender. Whoever is being abused, even if it's a man, yes. even if it's if it's a man who is being verbally or emotionally abused at home, and let's say he's lost his job or his hours are reduced, whatever. He's now stuck in, you know, in, inside of these four walls with his abuser. Mm-hmm. Same thing with kids, same thing with children who are being abused. <sighs> they can no longer escape to their schools. Exactly. They're stuck home with their abuser. Mm-hmm. And this is not being addressed. And I am very fearful, Erica, that, you know, um, and I say this in inverted commas, when the whole COVID thing dies down and life supposedly goes back to some semblance of normalcy, I am almost afraid to see what would be the outcome of of these individuals. I mean, where, where, where are they going to be at? Yeah, I know. Frightening. Uh, um. Earlier, I found out about this service called um, the Women's Assaulted Helpline, and Mm -hmm. they've been helping um, provide like a hotline for women and elderly folks to call because of 
just the heightened abuse of being at home and, and COVID, right? Um, with people who are struggling with this right now, some advice on how to cope with it at the moment, I guess? Well, um, I mean, there are lots of things, lots of tips I can give you. Again, it would depend on an individual's particular situation. If it's yes. physical abuse, it's something entirely different to someone who is uh, who has gone into a state of depression because of you know the change in lifestyle mm-hmm. generally and i'm and i'm saying this i'm i'm saying this now from my personal experience mm-hmm. having endured my own trauma those years ago uh with the onset of anxiety attacks um terrible terrible states of depression um the temptation to commit suicide the temptation to indulge in you know, um, excessive, well, substance abuse, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, all of it. Uh, one, and, and, you know, we don't really think about it as a solution. And, and it's not really a solution. It's a Band-Aid. But it's a coping mechanism. And it's something that I do from time to time when mm-hmm. I am very down for some reason. Mm-hmm. I go back to something from my childhood. Now, for different mm-hmm. people, it, it works differently. For you, it might be simply flipping through an album. Mm. Back at pictures when you were young, when your kids were young, um, some, you know, fun, silly pictures. For others, it might be looking at a favorite TV show from your childhood. But mm-hmm. it's a cartoon and it sounds ridiculous, but you would not believe it brings your brain back to a place of when things were simple. Yeah. When things were peaceful. And my thing was <laughs> uh, this puppet, the Muppet show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, I would, you know, if I'm really low, I go back to like the Muppets or Super Grover from Sesame Street and I look and, you know, I just start flipping through some of the videos and I laugh my head off. Yeah. I mean, it, it sounds ridiculous, but it puts me back to that time when I was me. Yeah. I was normal me. And what that does, laughter, people don't give laughter enough credit. Mm-hmm. You laugh, you're releasing happy hormones, I call them, you know, the serotonin, the dopamine, etc. You're literally releasing those happy hormones in your brain. Mm-hmm. And it lifts your spirits. So you're doing something that seems silly, but it's having a physical reaction, mm-hmm. a chemical shift, if you want to say it in your brain mm-hmm. yeah for other people it's listening to their favorite music maybe just banging it out really loudly or something you know to vent rage or to vent frustration yeah. and it actually works <laughs> yeah. those are just some tips you know um if someone is being sexually abused at home i don't expect that any of those would help mm-hmm. you see um because you're dealing with severe I mean, the ultimate violation. Yeah. Yeah. You're dealing with the ultimate violation. And so you, those individuals may call the helpline, you know, I can't handle it anymore. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to slit my throat or, you know, they want to commit suicide. They want to overdose on pills. Mm-hmm. And so with, with those individuals, what I tend to do is talk them down. I facilitate their ability to see what is good in their life. 
So for example, and I'm just saying, okay, let's say you were to call me and say like, Debbie, this is just, it's just horrible. He's done it again. And I, you know, I can't deal with this anymore. And you're crying and you're hysterical. Yeah. First step, get you calm. Okay. We let you vent because venting, people think that it's not okay to be, to be angry and frustrated. It is. Exactly. That's a normal human emotion. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, you want to scream in a pillow, scream your lungs out in a pillow until your vocal cords hurt. Mm-hmm. But you're getting, you're venting emotion. And then you start talking. What happened? Like, exactly what happened. Oh, okay. When they're done telling you, then you start with, okay, well, what do you have a reason for living? Why do you want to kill yourself? So you see that it's, it's a different process depending on what issue. I've always found that it's, it's a good practice to keep a literal, actual, physical note of your reasons for living. If yes. your reasons for living is making money, okay, good. Then that's number one. If your reason is you, you, your kids, then that's number one. Whatever it is. Minimum three. Mm-hmm. And if everybody was to think about it seriously, they, there are so many things to be grateful for. Yeah. We're not focused on the positives. We're, we're almost... We're almost designed to focus on the negative. Mm-hmm. When I say we're designed, not divinely designed, we were not divinely designed that way. That's from our social experiences and our bringing. We, first thing we see is the negative because it sticks out, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But if you were to really look, if you were to make a list, one column is good, the other column is bad. Just, just see, the, see if it balances. It will never balance. There'll always be more good. Mm-hmm. I love how you brought that up because um, I I think it was a couple of months ago I wrote on social media that I couldn't really find a reason to live. So I was asking people what their reason to live was. And even if it's something simple as like swish LA sauce or something, right? Like I think people forget that the little things are also, yeah, something to be grateful for, right? You see, that's what's that's what's causing so many people to be overwhelmed by COVID mm-hmm. and by the lockdown. Because for the first time, they can't run from their issues. Yes. There's no running from yourself. Nick, you can't run to work and distract yourself with exhaustion yes. and whatnot. You're forced to look yourself in the mirror. And when mm-hmm. they see they don't like mm-hmm. and having now having to confront them, they, they're they're at a loss. What do I do? I feel so bad why do I feel like I'm so terrible why do I feel like I'm so ugly why you know why am I not good enough etc and this confrontation now for the first time is it's just blowing people out of the water they don't know what to do exactly they're out of their own regular routine and I feel like they don't know what their new routine should be so they're stuck just thinking about the constant negative thoughts. That's right. Yeah. And I kind of learned that the hard way with my abduction where I was held hostage for two weeks. Right. Yes. That was the first time I was literally actually alone. Mm-hmm. No contact with anyone in, from the outside world. And there and all that I was stuck with were, were my own thoughts. Yes. And so I was kind of I was forced to think, who mm-hmm. am I? Uh, what is the point? Maybe I should just fight until they kill me. Mm-hmm. You know, or what, but, but then I started to realize, wait a minute, there's this, there's that, there's the other. 
there's the natural instinct to survive. And I found, was able to find reasons to live. Yes. Yeah. Despite what happened to me. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that sense of isolation that people are struggling with, they're struggling with that isolation, especially the elderly people, from fear. Everything mm. stems from fear. Am I going to die alone? Yeah. Is there going to be anyone to take care of me? Oh, what if I get COVID and, and, and I have to be isolated? Then what am I going to do? Exactly. Yeah. Because they don't know what to do with themselves. You see? And so COVID has not really affected me in that way at all because I've come to, I've been already forced to face myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I know, I know through and through who I am. Mm-hmm. I, I know I can. I know how to deal with me. Exactly, yeah. See? Because I've done it before. But for someone who hasn't, that's, you know, that's a tricky one. Yes, I know. Thank you so much, Debbie, for talking about that. I feel like right now I've kind of been experiencing that with at my home. Um, and I guess with yourself being a parent, how has uh, your being a parent and having mental health, how has that been like, I guess? And in the sense of like me as a daughter, how can I help a parent that is going through that? Oh, it's difficult. Yeah. It's difficult all the way around. Um, it, you see, as a parent, and this is why a lot of parents have been uh, calling for schools to be reopened as well, because now they're forced to deal with exactly who their children are. Mm-hmm. and the issues that each one faces and okay how do I help my kids oh my gosh I don't know what to do I've never dealt with this before and then there's panic yes um I uh, my kids are grown <laughs> mm-hmm. so I, I don't have to deal with you know the screaming and fighting and all of that but there are times when my kids cross path and I say kids very loosely because like I said they're grown but they cross paths and there's some bickering and one would stop speaking to the other and and then the other would start stop speaking with me mm-hmm. for whatever reason and and you know what i take every try to take everything in stride because everybody is different each individual has different issues that they're dealing with yes you might have at one child who's dealing with isolation Mm-hmm. You might have another child who's dealing with, um, okay, I can't, I can't get a, not even a part-time job out there to keep myself occupied. Because young people and children, they need that activity. They need that stimulation. And so their frustration, who else are they supposed to vent that frustration on except their parents? Mm-hmm. Because there are no friends to vent on. Yes, they, I mean, they would be on social media. They would chat. They would talk. It's, but it's not the same. Yeah. See, um, I have a son who is very, very athletic, mm-hmm. always in the gym, always in, engaged in some sort of sporting activity. And that has frustrated him tremendously mm-hmm. because that's his outlet. So when your outlet has been removed, who are you going to vent? Who are you supposed to vent on? It's going to be either yourself or your parents. Mm-hmm. And as a parent, we 
unfortunately, but we need to own up to our responsibilities, which is we were given children, uh, not for the sake of just oh, having something cute and soft and snuggly to run around, right? We were giving <laughs> kids to train them to be adults. Mm-hmm. We're preparing them to be adults and we need to own that responsibility and sacrifice what we need to for their betterment and and sometimes i've had to do that sometimes you know my and i'll be honest my kids might be driving me crazy with their <laughs> irritability and all of that and i have to keep telling myself okay debbie they're trapped in a house for yeah. how long you know what are they going to be of course obviously they're going to be irritable okay swallow it turn the other cheek you know what's happening but then sometimes it does get to you as a parent as well and you, you would find that sometimes the parent explodes, sometimes I explode. And I know that I'm wrong, but I always go back and apologize. Mm-hmm. Or they would come back and apologize. And that's the key, proper parenting. Um, so it's not so much about how, as a, how a child can help the parent with mental issues. But if, if, the, if the child in the home is um, an older child... Mm-hmm. When I say, you know, not, not a little youngster, an older child or a young adult. And the parent is the one who's suffering from um, psychological mental issues be- due to this whole situation. Mm-hmm. Then something very similar is required. Patience, a lot of patience. Because remember, your parent is older. Mm-hmm. They've gro- they were grown, they were raised with different values in a different generation in a different time. Mm-hmm. And therefore we must always keep at the front of our minds. Uh, they, would be, they may be very irritable. They may, be, they may get to the point where they're bugging you all the time. <sighs> and, you know, even forget that 10 minutes ago they told you this and they come back 15 minutes later and they complain about the same thing. And you're like, but you just said that. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you know, so your patience is running low and they're irritated with themselves and their inability to be, independent Mm -hmm. because that's a big thing for older folks they like to feel strong and independent yeah and so again patience is required and understanding that okay this is my mom or this is my dad they're suffering they're lonely they can't see their grandkids because of covid they can't uh walk down this this the street just to pick up some fruits or a newspaper or something like something it's simple to you but it's a big deal for them mm-hmm. and when that is taken from them the frustration hits yeah and anxiety hits as well oh my gosh if i go down the street uh if i you know take a walk around the block what if somebody with covid bumps into me by mistake Okay, what if I contract this and I die? I'm, I'm going to have to die alone because they're going to isolate me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to die alone. You know, these are thoughts that go through their minds, right? And, you know, what if I take it back home and my grandkids get it or my, my children get it or my wife or my husband? And then what? I'm going to be the one responsible. Yeah. So there's so many angles you can look at this from, I you know? know. Mm-hmm. But both as a parent and as a child, and even as a sibling, patience and understanding Mm -hmm. is required. Awesome. Thank you, Debbie. Um, Yeah, I I think even 
because so my grandparents had to get tested and my grandma she's 92 years old but so this was going to be her second time to test and um she was arguing with my aunt at the time Mm -hmm. and she was saying well I don't want to test last time it hurt and Mm -hmm. I'm gonna die anyways (laughs) Um, and that was kind of like her her being stubborn about it even though she has to get tested because if she has it then she'll infect my grandpa or my aunt and stuff like that but it's it's really interesting because I feel like now people see their family in such a different light because we're all we can see everyone struggling that's right yeah and that in itself is a struggle when you realize that wait a minute, I did not know my children were struggling in this way. I did not know my husband was struggling with this issue or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, even my mom, my mom, you know, she calls every day, sometimes five times a day. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? Okay, Tabby, you're in the middle of this. Still answer, that's your mom. Yeah. I'm going to say, say the same thing she said like a couple hours ago, but I answer anyway. Because I know she just feel needs to feel that connection. Mm-hmm. You know, then there are times too, and I will be honest, there are times I'm just like, okay, I really can't deal with this right now. And I just, you know, I don't answer, but I call her back at a later time. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it goes all, it goes every which way, you know, know. It's, it's tough. Yeah. Um, I, I guess since that we're talking about the topic of parents and I guess people that are older than us, um, thinking about the stigma that, oh, I can't have a mental illness. I'm too old to be dealing with this. Or um, now that therapy has transitioned online, they feel that they're too old to be using a computer or stupid to use that. Could you kind of touch upon that stigma of like old, older people and mental illness? Wow. <laughs> First of all, let me say that stigma applies to everyone. <laughs> because, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I had to deal with uh, teenagers mm-hmm. who, who've, uh, you know, they needed therapy and counseling, etc. Yes. And they absolutely kept that under wraps. No one must ever know. Yes. Because even and, and you would not think that of a younger generation, today's generation. However, because they've seen their parents and their grandparents from an old, from older generations attach a stigma to it, yeah. they kind of subconsciously feel, okay, no, maybe I'm not crazy, but it means that something's really wrong with me and I don't like it. And mm-hmm. people are gonna laugh at me if they, oh, she's going to therapy or he's going to therapy. Uh, what's her problem? Mm-hmm. And then, then you have like, uh, let's say your generation, um, who you're aware that there is a stigma and that it should not be there. You're very conscious of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are those who will say, I need help. Just like I would need assistance if let's say I broke an arm or a leg, I need to go get it fixed. Um, something is wrong with my thinking or my pattern of thinking and I need to get some advice as to how to change it. Mm-hmm. okay now that's the logical side of it now the older generations remember that's they were raised in a different day and time when yep. psychiatry was not even really considered a science it was more like pseudoscience you know um 
in fact, I have a friend who, at the time that he was pursuing his degree in, um, in psychiatry, um, and he was done, his, he was, of course, referred to doctor, referred to as a doctor, mm-hmm. and literally other medical professionals I'm talking about, not uneducated people, other medical professionals would tell him to his face, you are not a doctor. Oh, wow. Psychiatry is not medicine. Wow. And he had to deal, the poor guy, he had to deal with that for many years until eventually uh, the stigma started to, you know, um, lighten a little bit. Yeah. So these older folks, like grandparents and so on, they, they are from that generation where there's a stigma. Mm-hmm. Whereas you go to the, you go to a psychiatrist, you go to the doctor, it's fine. You can go to the doctor every day of the week. That's okay. But if you go to a psychiatrist, then you're crazy. Mm-hmm. Then you, um, you need to be locked up mm-hmm. and padded walls and put in a straight jacket. And that's what's associated with um, having mental issues. Mental issues does not mean that you're crazy. Mm-hmm. There are more, I, in fact, I, it is my personal belief, again, this is my personal belief, most people walk around with mental issues and they are not aware of it. Yes. Yeah. Where there is depression, and when I say depression, it can be chronic depression or it can be mild. Mm-hmm. Whether it be anxiety, whether it be suicidal thoughts, whether it be cutting themselves, whether it be um, some sort of substance abuse, uh, whether it be dysfunctional relationships, these are all categorized as having um, not so much mental issues, but 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 emotional issues as well. People think mental issues means you're crazy. No, it it it's a very very broad term that includes um, emotions. You can be verbally abused at home. And come out, you know, leave your home smiling like everything's just perfectly fine. But inside you're dying because you've been verbally put down. Mm -hmm. Abuse. And if you think about it, most people at some point in their lives have either been mentally, verbally, physically, emotionally, or financially abused. Mm-hmm. And people do not even think about financial abuse as abuse, but it is. Mm, I've never it is. about that one. It is. It is a form of abuse. When, when an individual, man or, man or woman, mm-hmm. is basically holding money over your head. You know, you can't leave me because ah, I pay the bills. Yeah. Um, I'm not giving you the freedom to go out there and work and become self-sufficient mm-hmm. because I want to maintain control over you. Wow. See, all of this is abuse. Yeah. And I believe that we walk amongst mentally ill people every single day. Yeah. We agree. just don't know it. Mm-hmm. And so that stigma has to die. The only way for it to die, I think one of the main reasons that it's even alive, it's from television. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Social media and television. You see the movies. Somebody's mentally ill, or they're they're locked up in a in a cell somewhere, and they're being injected with medication, and they're walking around like zombies. And come on, you know the the the, the film industry. They they need to take some responsibility for that. Yeah, yeah, that's it's so true. In a different light. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the only thing that is really uh i think at the front of my head right now it would be abuse there's so much abuse happening inside of these closed doors that especially because of covid and and the lockdowns um you know women are not and men, when I, when i say women i i also include men but mostly women let's 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 be let's be let's be frank okay mm-hmm. the percentages are way higher for women and young girls from as young as uh, 16 years old mhm what i mean how are they supposed to process what's happening to them right now they can't run they can't hide they're trapped in there i know i can i i feel for them Mhm. I feel for these women who are being put on the streets to to beg you know beg for money or food or whatever to go to go back home to present to their their spouses and their families and they're left to starve. Yeah. Abuse is is a big thing and um I I just would I would really like to encourage women women especially out there children reach out for help. Mhm. And sometimes that help unfortunately at times that help cannot always be found in this um in the mainstream psychiatric psychiatric field or psych you know psychology field and and you're going to a therapist who is registered in 10 different organizations and they mm. have a PhD and they have a masters and I'm not cutting them down because because believe me they have a lot to offer. Mhm. But someone like myself i have been a, a source of refuge for many people because i actually know you know and this is why so many pro- professionals were unable to assist me because they could not look me in the eyes and said hey i understand i feel your pain mhm and you know i just i just want to tell those who are being abused out there there is hope mhm there really really is even though when and believe me i've been there been there done that all you see is darkness don't even talk to me about seeing oh there's light at the end of the tunnel and all of that because i just irritate you more <laughs> but i'm telling you i've been in the depth of that darkness and i'm telling you you trudge along one foot in front of the other mm-hmm. one in front of the other and you get to the end and i'm putting myself out there um some might take this the wrong ways but it really doesn't matter to me because i know what my purpose is mm-hmm. but if you're trudging through that darkness and you put one foot in front of the other if you can find my hand take it mm-hmm. take it because i'll help you mm-hmm. i i i really think that um debbie would you say that I mean, we can be given all these resources and all these tools, but at the end of the day, it's up to the, I guess, the person to get them out of their own um, struggles. Because I can't think for you, and I can't brush your, I mean, I could brush your teeth for you, but, <laughs> <laughs> but like I, yeah, um, at the end of the day, they they have to want to actually help themselves to get out, yeah, to That's get correct. out of it, yeah. I've had to drop clients because of that because they kept going in a cycle. Yeah. And they were not taking the hints about trying different, you know, different techniques and tips. Mm-hmm. And I realized that they were not they they were comfortable 
yeah. in that that despondent cycle yeah. and there are those you just you just can't help mm-hmm. and that's and that's when I had to I just have to let go because I realize I can't help someone who doesn't truly need it or mm-hmm. doesn't truly want it mm-hmm. um with your current business and I'm sure that you you've come along with so many like trying to um sorry you've come along with helping so many people how do you protect your own mental health and your energy when you help others well thank god for the muppets (laughs) I I, I, thank god for the muppets (laughs) super grover and the grover the waiter and i mean i literally crack myself up with these things and you know it works and i i mean i'm saying that in all seriousness but i also do a lot of meditation Mm -hmm. it really does it you know it the, the really good meditation meditational pieces um, mimic your brain waves um, when you're in different states of sleep or calm uh, deep breathing mm-hmm. all of it it when, when it, it's a unique combination but it works mm-hmm. please don't mistake me I'm not super I'm not superhuman yeah I do down in the dumps about some things and then sometimes I just explode and I'm like all over the place and it's you know then I have to ground myself yeah I'm a human being right so there's no like there's no like you know magic formula Mm -hmm. but those are just some of the things that I do to keep myself uh sane yes you have to say that sane (laughs) thank you Debbie um I I remembered my thought from earlier (laughs) and that was uh um when you were talking about um, people seeking help and they don't want to because of the stigmas behind it, mm-hmm. that I think they also don't want to accept that they need the help or that not that anything's wrong with them, but they just that they think they're that if they go out and seek help, that they're crazy and that they don't need it because nothing's wrong with me when they have to find that acceptance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to, that's, that is the first step. Even if you're a minor and your parents forced I'm just saying your parents force you to go to therapy for whatever they perceive to be an issue mm-hmm. it's not going to do you very much good if you don't believe you have an issue mm-hmm. okay and that's why I one of my main goals right now is to put myself out there because most people look at me as oh she's normal she's great how come she's always you know she's like she's so normal after mm-hmm. what happened to her and I'm like yeah I'm normal it doesn't mean that I have don't have bad days I have really bad days mm-hmm. but I have more good days than bad days and I try to that's why I put myself out there so that I can show people I'm not a loony bin walking around bumping into poles and speaking to myself and um, uh, you know attacking other people because I'm crazy and I have a mental issue mm-hmm regular person exactly. there's just some issues I've had to deal with and I've dealt with them and there are so many people that are, might be a very best friend you know who's cutting herself she mm-hmm. hasn't she has issues she needs to deal with mm-hmm. does that make her crazy or weird no, no. you love your best friend. exactly but that's what I that's why I try to put myself out there so people realize hey she's like normal mm-hmm. so they're not too afraid anymore to to come forward and say hey do you think maybe you can talk about xyz and 
And that's what we do. We talk and I keep things light. I'm not like <laughs> sitting there with my glasses up my nose and, <laughs> and a pencil and I'm not like, I know, I don't deal like that. <laughs> yeah. I'm just me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, I think that with you being transparent about what you've been through also helps people um, acknowledge that they're not alone and that they're comfortable to talk about it, about that's what right. they're going through as well, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's, that's been the main attraction of that there are people are drawn to me because I don't, I'm not shy, by what, shy about what I say, what was done to me, what wasn't done to me, mm-hmm. how I coped. They see me cry, they see me as a normal human being and I'm approachable. Yes. I'm not going to judge you. Who am I to judge you? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much, Debbie, for being a guest again and coming back. Um, if anyone missed out on our last episode together, Debbie did talk about um, her abduction story, which she brought up in this episode as well. So um, if you wanted to listen to her story, um, feel free to listen to that episode and as well as um, her book is also based on her story. Um, Debbie, if you wanted to share more about how people can connect with you with your business and buying your book and all of that, may you share that? Yeah, sure. Um, the, the easiest way to get in touch with me would be through my website. Mm-hmm. That's three as in the digit three, glconsulting.com. And there's all my contact information on my website. Um, I will be starting my blog next week. You know, upfront taboo subjects that people run from, but I'm not afraid to. Yes. Eventually a podcast. Oh, <laughs> so exciting. <laughs> yes. So, um, and then you, you will also be able to see on my site uh, who I am, where, where I come from, what I've been through. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as the different packages I offer in terms of counseling, coaching, um, that sort of thing, my qualifications and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, my book, Bare Feet, though, will be uploaded on my site uh, by the end of February. So <laughs> if you would like to register for an autographed copy, you can just you know send me an email. So I'll keep a note of your email and so on. Mm-hmm. So that when they're hot off the press, you get an autographed copy with your purchase. So uh, let me know. That one is a physical copy, Debbie? That one, yeah. If you would like a physical copy autographed, I will facilitate that uh, okay. for the first, let's say, for the first 50 orders. Okay, awesome. That's for the hard copy. And of course, there will be the ebook version that you would be able to purchase and download from my website. Yes, I have the ebook copy, but I'm gonna email you for a physical, <laughs> and I'm, I would yeah, like to find autograph. Uh, awesome. I would like to mention though, um, there is a very special package that I have available for students. When I say students, I mean anyone who's at school, whether you're an adult or a child. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's been stressing a lot of students out. Uh, having been a teacher for many years, I've been in touch with. Uh, you know, my associates and other students in the system. Mm-hmm. And it's been causing a lot of anxiety and stress. Yeah. Um, so for students who believe you need, just need to talk to someone, I'm not saying you have a mental health issue. If you just need to chat, you know, deal with some things that are happening with you, mm-hmm. have a very special package out for students. So parents can feel free to take a look at that. 
Oh, awesome. Thank you so much, Debbie. Yes, I, I'm a student right now, actually. So I'm definitely going to message you <laughs> after this episode. But yes, yeah. thank you so much, Debbie. Um, and thank you for everyone who's been listening. I'm going to um, also put Debbie's information in the podcast notes. So you can definitely look into her services and her book and all of the upcoming stuff that she has. Um, and yeah, thank you, Debbie. Okay, Erica, no problem. You know I love being here with you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thank you. Awesome. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye.